Thank you for tuning in to Church on the Rock podcast. We have a great sermon in store for you. We hope this message challenges you, builds you, and motivates you into taking the next step in your purpose with God. Enjoy the sermon. Faith sees God. And uh, I want you to see in the Word today that faith is God's value system. Amen. If you want to do, um, if you want to have a relationship with the Father, it takes faith to do that. Amen. So you have to know what it is. Amen. And you have to know how to operate in it. If you want to see the supernatural, you have to have faith. If you want to see miracles take place in your life, you have to have faith. And that's what Minister Caleb said. Amen. Let's go over here and look at Hebrews again. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 27 and um, Hebrews chapter 11 is called the hall of fame of faith amen everybody did stuff for God is in there amen they put their names in there amen and um, the Bible says that the just shall live by faith and is letting us know that faith is a lifetime lifestyle but I'm going to tell you it's a lifestyle that God values Amen. And uh, if you want to see him do anything in your life, you have to believe him. Amen. Amen. And so we want to take a look at that. And so you can see how to, we can almost say, transact with God. And the Bible said, without faith, it's impossible to please him. And a person that didn't believe him in the, the book of James, he said that person shouldn't expect anything from God. I always want to go and say that faith is God's currency system. It's how you make exchange with him. It's a currency system. You can almost say that when you look at the word of God. And, and there's natural currency and there's spiritual currency. Faith is spiritual currency. Money is natural currency. And people have a tendency to go after money more than they'll go after faith. And and if, you're, and if a person is just living in the natural, I can understand that. But the New Testament believer and the child of God needs to, as the Bible says, obtain precious faith. It has to be obtained. Your faith can grow. Your money can grow. Your faith can grow. The more money you have, the more things you can do in the natural. Solomon went on to say that, that money solves all things. Well, Faith, nothing's impossible to the believer. Amen. Faith is the way to live without any impossibilities in your life concerning the word of God. And you'll have to study it the rest of your life. Amen. You'll have to study it the rest of your life. You know, where does money come from? Well, you typically people say, I go to work and get it. Well, faith comes from hearing God. Amen. And you don't, it don't cost you much to hear from God. You just got to have an ear ready to hear. Amen. And so let's look over here in um, Hebrews 11 and verse 27. And we've been talking about faith. Living by faith is like seeing God. That when you live by faith, it can be as he is there himself. That faith picks up on his presence. Because he is there. It senses his presence. And because his presence is there, then there are no impossibilities. 
because there's nothing too hard for God. Amen. So let's look at this verse of Scripture, what it says right here. It says, by faith, um, Moses, it says, he, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king. Now, the wrath of the king is going to be something that's evident. The king wants you to know that he's mad. You never had somebody that wanted you to know they were mad. They wanted it visible. They wanted, they wanted it visible so to get a reaction out of you. And that's what the king was living by. He was living by his authority, and, as it was, and he was using that authority to produce wrath to get people to do what he wanted to do. And he didn't want Moses to leave. And so he was demonstrating his wrath to Moses as they conversed back and forth about the children of Israel being set free from bondage. And so he, Moses having to deal with that anger he didn't let it affect him. Faith will override whatever the enemy tries to use to deter you from going on into the plan of God. He'll try to create stumbling blocks. He'll even try to get people to walk out of your life, try to get people mad at you, all kinds of things to keep you from doing what God wants you to do. But faith is the ability to stay on track with God. No matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like, I'm staying on the course that Father has for me. So the Bible said, and, you, and if you're going to live on the course, you're going to have to do it by faith. He said, by faith, amen, Moses, he, Moses, forsook Egypt, not afraid of the wrath of the king. Now, you know, when he left, what did, what did Pharaoh do after he left? After the children of Israel were gone for a while, what did he do? He went after him. He got hot and started coming after him. Amen, because he didn't want to lose that free labor. Amen, and when he got to a point, he get, after they were gone a while, he got hot all over again. He said, what did I do that for? Some of them I'm going to kill, and the rest of them I'm going to bring back in, in, in the bondage. Now, Moses, if, if you really want to think about how the king is going to respond, that was always on the table. That was always a possibility that could be retaliation Amen. From the, from the king's wrath, if you leave. Because you're leaving as people that are not soldiers. You're leaving as people that have been in bondage. You have no weapons. You have no ability to defend yourself. So him coming back and changing, it ain't the first time he changed his mind. It won't be the first time he changed his mind. So, he had, so if you want to consider that, you can consider that. But faith never considers the opposition. It constantly is staying with the plan of God. I don't care if it doesn't look like we got enough money. God said it's ours. Praise God. Let us pursue this thing because he said it. Faith always stays on track. Faith never considers the opposition and changes the plan in view of the opposition. It says, no, I'm going to pay attention to what God said because what he said, we can have it. And that's faith. Faith stays with the plan. And if you're going to live by faith, there's always going to be some opposition you got to put aside. Yeah. I'm going to say that again. If you're going to be a faith person, there's always something the enemy is going to try to bring and set on the table that you will not be able to consider. When it came to Abraham, even though the Bible said his body was, was no longer producing, his wife's body never produced, but God says you're still going to have a baby. I don't, care if she's a, I don't care if she's 90 and you 100. My word supersedes age. My word supersedes all opposition. 
I just need you to stay with the plan. God says, I know what I'm going to do. Nothing is too hard for me. I just need you to keep believing in what I said. They came to Jairus and told him, no, don't, you don't need to bother Jesus anymore. Your daughter is dead. Start funeral arrangements. And Jesus looked at him and said, you just need to keep believing. I am the resurrection. You may not know it right now, but I am the resurrection. Nothing is too hard for me. I'm looking at people right now that God's got great things planned for. I know opposition is on the table. I know opposition is on the table, but I'm here to tell you, keep believing. I don't care if you don't have the qualifications. Keep believing. I don't care what the doctor's report said. Keep believing. I don't care if it looks like you don't have enough money. Keep believing because your faith is how you do business with God. And the just shall live by faith. They live by without considering the opposition. They live by what can, not considering what appears to oppose them. He said, Moses, he said, I'm leaving anyway. <laughs> Moses said, I'm leaving anyway. And he left and he forsook Egypt, not fearing the king, for he endured. You need to know how to endure. You're going to have to endure some stuff. Come on now. If you ain't put up with nothing, keep living yet. Come on now. You're going to have to learn how to endure to keep. If you're going to endure, if you're going to keep your joy, you're going to have to learn how to endure. Because the Bible said, count it all joy. Amen. When pressure comes, because you're going to learn something. You're going to learn something that's nothing too hard for God. Come on now. <laughs> some of you need to be, some of you need to go and shout your way through this test and trial. I don't know what you might be going through, praise God, because God's going to show you something. You're going to come out perfect <laughs> in entire lacking nothing. Lacking nothing that God said. Faith will make it happen that way. Come on now. Look what he says right here. He says here, he says he endured as seeing him who is invisible. When I saw that, I said, so faith has the ability to cause you to see God while you're going through your trial. Amen, praise God. Faith causes you to see God while your storm is going on. Amen, praise God. Faith causes you to see God regardless of how much money you have. It causes you to see God in the midst of your bad doctor's report. No matter what challenge going on in your life, faith will cause you to see that it's more for me. Come on now. That's what the prophet had to help his servants see. It's always more for us than ever is against us. So when I'm living like this, I'm counting it all joy. You never see a gloom and gloom look on my face. You never see shadows on my face. You never see sick sadness. You never see me on the phone having pity party and sympathy parties. Amen. I'm rejoicing. Matter of fact, I can irritate somebody because I'm going through. I'm so joyful in the middle of the trial, praise God. I'm so joyful in the middle of the crowd. Paul got up in the, in the morning, made himself some Wheaties because the Bible said God stood with him in the midst of his trial and everybody else was so tormented they could not even eat. It's a difference when you live by faith 
and when, you, when you're living like other people. And God came here this morning to tell you, the just shall live by faith. If I justified you and I washed you in the blood of my son and I, I washed away your transgression, I've forgiven you of all your sins, I've forgiven you of all your transgressions, I made you an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. I made you a royal priesthood, a holy nation. I put you in my family. You're supposed to be living by faith. You're supposed to be expecting God to do great things in your life. You should have got up this morning and said, give me this day my daily bread. My God shall supply all of my needs. He daily loadeth me to be benefits. This is the day that the Lord has made. No, 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 I choose to rejoice. I could do something else, but I choose to rejoice. I believe he's showing up in my life today. I will rejoice. You ought to come to church by faith. You ought to come to church by faith. Some people come to church in unbelief. That means you ain't expecting nothing now. Caleb said, we believe in God for a word this morning. Oh, well, that's what he said. You got to be believing him. You don't roll up in here. Tell me, let's see what he got. <laughs> you can't come in and tell me, let's see what he got. And you ain't got no faith. Faith is expectation. You wake up in the morning, you just lay there. You really don't want to move. You mad because the sun came up. You wish daylight saving time was two hours. Because <laughs> you're getting up every day expecting nothing. Faith has expectation. Come on, now we got to work on this. You should have expected to hear a word this morning. Something's going to move me to the next level. If the Bible said we're going from faith to faith, it's got to be something you believe in God for. I'm going to say it again. It should be something you believe in God for. It's something you believe in to come to pass. Something you want to trust him to bring to pass in your life. It's got to be something you're working on. I told the young people, you just can't hope somebody walks into your life. The just shall live by faith. You should be believing for your man. Yes, you should. you should have a confession for your mate. I'm believing for somebody that loves God. I like the way Dr. Jacobs said, as much as you are more than you. Amen. As much as you are more than you. You got you to live a standard. I ain't going backwards. Amen. Praise God. As much as me, you can use your, you got to use your faith. I'm going to believe in at least to be equally yoked. Yeah. Yeah. Come on now. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Because if I'm going to live by faith, then I got to have a partner that's living by faith. Say mine to that. Yes. Why? Because if one can put a thousand to flight, come on now, two can put 10,000 to flight. Jesus went on and made a deal. He said, if, if any two of you on earth touch and agree on earth, whatever it is, it shall be done of my Father which is in heaven. 
right over this, right over this morning. Pastor said, let's just pray for the service. She took my hand. I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. Because we believe in God for you for changes to take place in your life. But you got to have some expectations. You got to get a pencil out and write some things down. This is what I want to see happen. You got to start noting things. You got to note how much money you need to fund your household and fund the vision that God gave you. You got to write that stuff down and you, you got to point to that and say, Father, I want to thank you for doing that in the name of Jesus. You got to write about the health you want in your body. You got to start writing some things down that you want to see God do in your life. You got to write down that a new home belongs to you. Amen. Praise God. You got to start putting some things down that God has promised you that belongs to you so he can begin to manifest based on the faith you bring him. Moses endured. He's leading these people out of bondage. So guess how they got out? That's how they got out. They didn't leave until they believed. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. They didn't get out. They didn't leave until they believed. You'd be wondering, how does this person, how does so-and-so stand in that situation? You got to believe something different. You got to believe something different than what got you in there. Come on now. You got, they had to believe that what God was promising them was better. And then they had to start walking toward it. Come on now. Come on now. It's waiting on you. But faith will cause you to step in the right direction. Yes, it does. And some of them didn't make it. Some of them didn't even make it. They stepped out of Egypt, but they never stepped in the promised land. What was the difference between the people that stepped in the promised land and the people that stepped out of Egypt? It was faith. It was endurance. And for people that are 20 years and up, only person that went in was Joshua and Caleb. Moses didn't even get in. Why didn't Moses get in? Why did he hit the rock? What'd you say? He got, what'd you say? Say it out loud so the rest of them hear. He lost his temper. You temper people in here? I mean, you get hot at the drop of a hat. And you end up saying things in a moment. The devil ain't got you in a moment. I'm going to help you with your moments here this morning. Because your faith needs protection from your moments. If you ever had a moment, it's called a flesh moment. It's designed for you to miss the plan of God. Moses did everything he was supposed to do, got up to the edge, and had a flesh moment. <laughs> flesh and faith don't work together. Either it's got to be a faith moment or it's got to be a flesh moment. No, he lost his temper. And he disobeyed God. He didn't let the people get him angry. You got to be careful where you allow the actions of other people to take you out of the faith, which is taking you out of the plan of God.
You can't take, you can't let circumstances, you can't let emotions, you cannot let the flesh, you cannot let anything carnality take you out because it caused him to miss what God promised him. The Bible says we can't, we got to be careful. We got to take heed unless we, we miss something that keeps us from entering into the salvation God has for us. Let's take a look at this right here. It says, it's like seeing God when you're walking by faith. It's like having him there. And at the moment, now he forsook Egypt. He got out of there as seeing God. Then we got out there in the wilderness, and people around him started cutting up. That's why I said go with somebody who loves God as much or more than you. He was out there with some cut-ups. Yes, he was. And it cost him. It cost him. And God just let him stand there and just look over at the land, didn't let him go in. Now, Joshua and Caleb went in. They were standing there, too. The people could have got on them, too. But Joshua and Caleb stood in there. And they, you, the Bible said, be angry and sin not. Come on now. Let me help you with that. Let me help you with that just a minute. Because I'm sure Joshua and Caleb were angry too. But you cannot allow your anger to take you to a point of disqualification. When your anger causes you to go against God's word, that's what he did, Brother Jim said. His anger drove him to the point where he wouldn't obey God. And so he struck the rock instead of speaking. So he disobeyed God, and it cost him. Thank God for the mercy. Yes. Amen. Thank God that you can. Now let me help you with, with disqualification in the, in the New Testament. Repent often. After you get through saying, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our trespasses. Forgive us of every disqualifying act. <laughs> and Listen. Smith Wigglesworth raised people uh, from the dead, probably in the 19th century, said more than anybody. He said the New Testament believer will have to repent often, change often, be ready for change all the time. Faith is constantly ready to change. It's not that you made a mistake. The question is, what are you going to do about it? You have to examine yourself every day. I know some people like to act like they don't never miss it. Worry is missing it. Because the Bible says not to worry. Just ring in your hands. That's sin. The Bible said we are not to have any anxiety or worry about anything. But in everything, make your requests known to God. If it's bothering you, give it to God. You have to examine, because worry is coming to take your faith to keep you from fulfilling God's plan he has for you. When we start this building project in 2014, he says you're no longer allowed to worry about money. You can't do that. Because when you worry about it, you say that I'm a bad provider. 
You can't get in here and sing Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Jehovah Nissi, Lord, you reign in victory. Well, then you can't get out there and act like you lose it. See, that's the people that honor me with their lips. But there's really no faith in their heart. Now, you know when you come in here and sing, you're supposed to be singing by faith. That's always looking at what's on the board. I can't sing unbelief. I do not sing unbelief. I don't sing the song, The Devil Is On My Tracks. No, you're supposed to be on his tracks. We're the ones supposed to be going in all the world. We're supposed to be making tracks. The gates of hell are gates they don't move. You're supposed to be knocking gates down. You got gates on my money, I'm knocking them down. You try to put gate on my body, I'm knocking it down. No, we don't sing unbelief here. We're going to sing songs that we can believe because they're based on the word of God. But whatever you do, without faith, the Bible said it's sin. So when you come to church, you have to come to church in faith with an expectation that the plan of God for my life is moving forward. When you come through the door, you're supposed to come through in faith, believing this is where God wants me. The just shall live by faith. Everything about your life is supposed to be faith. When we put songs up here and sing, you're supposed to believe what we sing it. You're supposed to have an expectation. He's doing that in my life right now. Everything we do is because we believe it's the plan of God and we're supposed to be doing it. Now look at this right here because um, look over here in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. Faith is seeing the things of God. Faith is seeing God, or it's seeing the thing that God has promised. We could say that too. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, First Corinthians chapter 2, you have to have a revelation when you're seeing God, endure to seeing him. It's like faith is a sixth sense. It can sense what's going on in the supernatural. Which means I know I'm healed before I get the doctor's report. I just know it. Because my faith has caused me to see it happening before I get a report that it's happening. My faith causes me to know or see the outcome before it's over. That's the power of faith. You see your way out before you out. You see yourself in possession before you have the possession. Turn to Hebrews. I know I said I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. I just got something to show you. Just got something to show. Just tell your neighbor he got something to show us. He 
He's just moving around to help us. Come on now, praise God. He's moving around to help us. Go back to Hebrews 11. And um, look over here in verse 17, Hebrews eleven seventeen. 17. It says, by faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that received the promise offered up his only begotten son. Then he said this, of whom it, is, uh, it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called. So how can God give me a son by promise and then ask me to sacrifice him? How can he do that? It's like going in two different directions. How can he promise me a son as my heir, I get the boy when I'm 100. You've been waiting a long time. And then God asks you for what you've been waiting for. <laughs> you want God to be able to ask you for anything. That's the relationship you want. Because when you get there, there ain't no stopping you now. At this point, asking him for money is no, is no challenge. Why? He's doing that already. He's giving loads away. means nothing to him. And he has abundance of it. By chapter 13 in Genesis, the Bible said he was very rich in silver and gold and cattle. He began to excel so greatly, he went from Abram to Abraham, the prince of Canaan. He, become the, he became the governor of the whole region. He became big time. Out of nowhere, out of obscurity, he becomes the prince of Canaan. And ain't nobody messing with his wife now. His whole image and exposure changed right in front of people. That same blessing is on you. If you get a hold of this faith I'm preaching. Faith will change your image and exposure in the region you live in. Yes, it does. It changes you into another person. It changes you into what God planned for you to be from the foundation of the world. I hope you know you're in transition. And only you are determining how, fa how fast or slow you transition based on how you believe God. Look the same, been believing the same. Doing the same, been believing the same. Been with the same people, doing the same thing every single day. That's why everything's the same. But the Bible promises you a transformation into the perfect will of God. And what he saw from the foundation of the world. And it ain't broke, it ain't sick. Amen, praise God. It ain't no badly get by. It's the head, it's not the tail. It's above only, it's not beneath. It's blessed in the city, it's blessed in the field. It's blessed in your body, it's blessed in everything you put your hands to. You in the middle of a transition. You got to tell yourself that. The devil 
was about stagnation. The Bible said if we, the Bible said if we paid attention to Jesus and, and we all with open face beheld him as in a mirror, we'd be changed into the same image. God has got change planned for you. But you can't keep doing what you're doing. And he come to looking at me. I'm going to look back at you. You don't pick his book up, you don't get change. You don't look at the word, you don't get change. The word is the transformer with the Holy Spirit. This people say, well, people say, well, I'm blessed. No, bless works when you diligently. Deuteronomy 28, blessing works when you diligently hearken to his voice and do exactly what he said. You can't casually listen to God and get that. You got to be hungry for it. You got to be asking, why we ain't got a Monday night service, Pastor? You know why we ain't have one? Because you don't want one. Whoa. You don't want one. You want the big show tomorrow? Some of you ready for the Titans right now. I didn't want to watch today because I don't know what's going to happen. I forgot it. It was, it was an accident. I apologize. I normally can look at it. I know when 12 comes, I know to start slowing down and stop. But I forgot it. <laughs> Some of your word, ain't you? <laughs> look what it said right here. To answer this boy, God said, I want to see how this man really want to go. I want to see how high he really want to. I want to know if money's just enough. The day he asked for him, that's the day he became the heir of the world. That's when everything here belonged to him. He's the heir of the world. And you're the seed of Abraham. Yes, you are. See, I'm preaching the sky's the limit up in here. I'm not preaching casual living because it's enough Christians doing that. We need some people that's ready to close this thing out. Amen. Praise God. How many of you know something about baseball? You know, you have you bring out all the other pitchers. Then when you get to the end, last inning, you bring out the closer. That's the guy that can throw smoke. The batter don't even know the ball just passed it. Amen. You are the closing generation. So I got to preach on a whole nother level to you. You're the closing generation. You're the one that's going out with a bang on this thing. Come on now. Praise God. <laughs> you don't believe me. God's going to turn this thing out. You ain't seen nothing yet. Hallelujah. I'm going to preach in spite of your face this morning. So he says this. He says, Abraham in verse 19. Accounting that God was able to raise him up. He said, if I offer him up to you, his blood is released and I offer him up to you. Because you promised me this boy, you're going to raise him from the dead. Now, see, you got to be walking with God now. See that? See that? <laughs> uh, I, I ought to tell this. I guess I could. This pastor told me, I shouldn't even say the pastor. This person told me, 
because I narrowed it down now. I should have said this person told me. It was at a funeral. The funeral was coming up, and he told me, he said, well, I'm going to believe you raise this person from the dead. I said, you didn't believe nothing when they was alive. <laughs> you didn't believe nothing when they was alive. You playing video games. Well, they're going through trials with their body. He says, when the, you know, when the, the funeral comes and the casket says, I want you to come up front with me. <laughs> Raise them from the dead right in front of the whole. I said, you know what? We're not even friends no more. <laughs> We're not even friends now. Because you asked me to do something real stupid like that. Some people don't have the faith for the lifestyle they want to live. If you get a bad doctor's report, you've got to have the faith to turn that. I mean, if you're going to do it this way, medical science can help to a certain degree. The Bible said a happy heart do it good like a medicine. So medicine is not bad. Actually, it's a co-labor with God to help the person that is trying to live by faith until they can get some faith. But if they ever get to a place where medical science says we've done everything we can do, if you or I have not generated the next level of faith for the next level of healing, then we cannot transact with God to get that. And I know this guy hadn't done that. And we're not friends today. Because you didn't even do what you could when the person was alive. Playing video games when you should have been in your faith. If you're going to transact with God, you're going to have to have faith. Dr. Jacob says sometimes we got to tell people how to go to heaven. No, we got to stop. We got to teach them how to go to heaven. I remember a guy coming to me in his church. He was having cancer in his body. He said, I got, I'm, I'm getting my miracle, yada, yada, yada. yada. He just said all, he said some things that sound right. But see, I'm listening for the sound of faith. People can talk, but there's a sound of faith. There's a sound of faith that doesn't come from the lips, it comes from the heart. And when you live by faith, you can hear it. You can distinguish between, there's a discerning of spirits, and you can discern with the, if, the, if that came from the spirit of faith or it just came from the head. And after a while, you can just listen to people, and you can tell if they got it or not. And I walked off from him, and I walked away back to my seat. We was in a mentoring class. I said, he's, he's going to have it. He ain't going to make it. I can just tell how he said it. Dr. Jacobs called me up. He says, I'm going to go over so-and-so's house and tell him how to go to heaven. I said, I know exactly who you're talking about. The 
Bible said, with the heart man believeth. The Bible said, guard your heart with all diligence. Because out of it comes the forces of life. And one of those forces is faith. You have to guard your heart of what you're hearing and what people are saying around you. And Abraham got to the place he just, he had to grow. It took him 25 years to stop listening to everybody else and start listening to God. And finally he had the boy, and then here come God talking about offering me the boy. He had got to the place where his faith began to grow. He said, I can offer him up to you, but you're going to raise him from the dead. And listen to what he says right here. That's the reason why I ask you to turn here. It says, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. He says, I will offer him because before he went up to the mount to offer him, he wouldn't even let the workers go with him, the servants go with him. He told the servants to stay right here. See, there's levels of faith you can't take everybody to. Because what's going to happen, they're going to get up and talk crazy to you. You shouldn't have brought them in here. <laughs> you shouldn't have brought them in here. God told me to build the building in the pandemic. I didn't even know we was building in the pandemic. I was just doing what God told me to do. And Pastor Diana said, you built a building in the middle of a pandemic. Christians are scattering now. They're not even going back to church anymore. They believe they'll die in the house of God. But some of it ain't even in the house of God. It's just a building where they congregate. It's not the house of God. It's just a building where they come in. It's chairs. <laughs> to me, it's the house of God. Jesus said, I will worship the Father with you in the midst of the church. I believe no plague shall come nigh your dwelling. I believe in that. I don't believe it's supposed to be in my car. It ain't supposed to be in my clothes. I don't believe in that. Now, somebody else that's different because they don't live like me. There's two different levels. So he says, y'all stay down here at the base. Thank you for making the trip, but you're going to stay on this level because this is where you're believing. Now, he didn't put faith in the boy because the boy is going up there. Because there ain't no faith in that boy. That boy finds out he's the offering. He starts back down the hill with the rest of the hell. He, he goes down the hill with the rest of the hell. So you got to have somebody put something in you in this life. You got to get around somebody that can put something in you. I've been around people that put something in me. So it didn't matter if it was a pandemic. I'm still coming. Ah! I holler because you did. I just fell off. I don't see God not coming to church with me. I don't see him standing there watching Corona shut my lungs down and he does absolutely nothing. What kind of God you got? Moses endured it, seeing him. He's here. God is in covenant with you. If you get in a fight, he got to jump in. 
ain't no standing there watching you. He got to jump in too. You couldn't run with me if we was out there in the streets. And trouble come and you take off. I'm not looking for the trouble to get back at them. I'm looking for you. Because you said you was tight with me. You said we was here through thick and thin. And trouble came and you ran. I'm looking for your behind. And when I catch up to you, you know what they say in the street? Your behind is mine. I'm sorry I went street on you. I'm sorry. Sorry I went street on you like that. Some of you need that. Darren's sitting back there. He know it. You messing with my brothers. It wasn't even my fight. It was just, it was my brother. So I jumped in it. And Jesus said, there's a friend that sticketh. There's a friend that sticketh closer than a brethren. I can see him in the midst of my battle. I can see him in my fiery furnace. I can see him in the middle of a trial. I can see God in a pandemic. Building buildings, yeah. healing, delivering. Yeah. He's committed to me. Yeah. He's committed to me. You, Serving no God of no commitment. Yeah. I'm in a fight and I see God running down the street. <laughs> you think I'm playing? I had to, to, to keep going in this. To get, I don't even know how pastors do it. But to keep going in this, he had to become the rock of ages. Upon this rock, he called himself a rock. Upon this rock, I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And if a man will build his house upon a rock, it doesn't matter that he goes through a storm. He'll still be standing after it's over with. But if, God's, but if God needs you, say, Abraham, I need you to offer this boy because I'm in covenant with you. I'm in covenant with you. Humanity is going to need my boy one day. Yes, see, they, they're going to need my boy someday, and I want to know I got this kind of relationship with you. If we need one another's sons, I want you to know we have the power to get them both up. It's not a losing proposition. I, want, I, want, I need somebody to believe. I need somebody to believe in the ages that are coming. I need somebody to believe in the glorious ages that are coming. This age needs my son, but I got to have an equal covenant partner. If I ask you for something, you will not withhold from me what I need to save the ages that are coming. I 
got to have somebody that loves as much or as more as me. I got some, I got to have somebody that will commit just like I'm committed. I need somebody to stand with me. Faith is standing with God. That's why the Bible said without faith it's impossible to please God because he knows when the going gets tough, he sees your back and you're running. Faith means I'm not running. I'm not running because trouble came. I don't want no board. I walk into the room. I said, we need to build a building. Well, past this, the pandemic. You know, we should get out of my sight. You don't belong in this room. God told us what to do. You do not belong at this level. And I'll never make that mistake again. You don't belong at this level. And sometimes you have to stand alone. You, if you have to stay at the level, be happy to stay at the foot of the mountain. At least you got asked to make the trip. Don't go up there because you can't handle that. Jesus took Peter, James, and John up to the Mount of Transfiguration. James and John had good sense. They just shut up. They know they fell asleep during the prayer meeting. Prayer meeting went a little long, and they over there cutting Z's. Jesus didn't say nothing to them. He let them sleep as long as they wanted to, talked to men, and he kept praying. They had been, they had been brought to a level they wasn't ready for. He let them know that you're not ready for this level yet, but I'm bringing you up here so you can see it. So the meeting is almost over with Moses and Elijah. Moses did make it to the promised land, but he showed up in glory. But he had the spirit of faith, and you couldn't make you can't make him mad now. <laughs> he shows up in the he shows up in he shows up in Israel. He's on the Mount of Transfiguration. They're talking about the crucifixion of Jesus. And then after it was over with, they was determined that Jesus would go through the cross for the sins of the world. You have a mighty Savior. There's no transgression that you have done that can't be forgiven. He said, though your sins be like scarlet, I will wash them as white as snow. He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Walking after the spirit and not after the flesh. And they discussed all of that. Jesus, Jesus agreed that he'd go to the cross. He's got to be the Isaac that takes the heel, knowing the outcome. And just like Isaac walked up to the mountain, he got to walk up there. The Bible said that God was so faithful. Abraham knew he was so faithful. When Abraham was getting ready to take his knife and Offer the boy's blood before God got to the angel says, Stop. God spoke from heaven and said, Now I know. I know. I got a covenant man. 
your seed. Your seed shall possess the gates of his enemies. And the blessing of all things is yours. The entire world is yours. And Jesus is the heir of the thing and come and inherited all things. And he's your big brother. You are done running out of money. You're done being short. As long as you agree on his intentions towards you. The Bible said that Peter woke up in the, on that mountain and said, let's build two, three churches. When you're promoted above the level you're supposed to be on, you're going to say something you shouldn't have said. Because you, you're trying to be spiritual, and you think you know what you're talking about, and you don't. And you're going to say something that shouldn't be said. Because you don't belong in that level. That's why when Dr. Dufresne and Dr. Jacobs is around the table talking, I shut up. You better off shutting up and learning something. You already know what you know. If you want to go to the next level, you need to know what they know. Zip it. You're not going to impress somebody if you don't know. Peter spoke up. Let's build a tabernacle. Where did we ask you to do? Search out the scriptures. Where did we ask you to build tabernacles? One for Moses, one for Elijah. He wakes up, he sees them there. He thinks that's what they need, a tabernacle. You better get ready for correction. When you go to a level that you're really not ready for, at least be ready to handle correction because it's coming. It's coming. Because they know what they're doing. Jesus didn't even say nothing. The Father came down from glory. He wasn't even supposed to be in the meeting. It was supposed to be Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. Now God joins the meeting because Peter came and jumped in. And God politely told him, shut up. You don't have a clue of what we're doing here. You slept through the whole prayer meeting. <laughs> Faith is knowing the plan. Because he slept through the prayer meeting, he didn't know the plan. Faith knows the plan. Now let's look at this real quick. Back over here before I left the service. Open my Bible back up. Hebrews eleven nineteen. 19. Abraham was accounting that God was able to raise up Isaac even from the dead. From whence he also received him in a what? Faith sees the outcome. He saw the boy still living. He received him. That's how powerful faith is. 
Now look at here. I ask you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. You getting any help today? You're going to be studying faith for the rest of your life. I told you that. I love, to I love going through my Bible, studying faith. I can't wait till Bible school starts back up. And I love teaching the Bible. I, I, I just love being around the Word. Amen. I'm teaching myself. I know you think I'm teaching you. No. That's why I shout up here and cut up. Because I'm exciting me. Because if, if you don't take what I'm telling you home, then the depths of what I preach out of don't get in you. You go into my study, there are notebooks. Not with Dr. Jacobs or Dr. Dufresne, but after they speak, notes after notes after notes and writings after writings after writings and Bibles after Bibles, tapes after tapes, videos after videos, and some things never stop playing. Because faith comes by hearing, not have heard. It comes by constantly hearing what you want to see come to pass. And you have to devote your life to this. This is a devotion. This is not a Sunday morning. This stuff we do right here, Sunday morning, Wednesday night, is the lowest level of Christianity in the history of the church. I remember they were real small, and the Titans just came to town. That's their job. To kick the football. That's a job. When I was working for the Corps of Engineers, not Corps of Engineers, Colgate Pomalis Company, I had to work some, I had to work a couple of Sundays. Because it was my job. And it was mandatory overtime. And they couldn't find nobody to replace me. But football ain't my job. That's their job. Did nobody come to watch me work at Colgate that Sunday? <laughs> That's job to them, entertainment for everybody else. And faith don't come by entertainment. That's their job. Right after church, we went to a restaurant. Sunday morning Titan played. I was dressed like this standing in the restaurant. And Cynthia was dressed and Candace and Karina and Keisha and Caleb. They were all small. And they were standing next to us. We were waiting to be seated. And this man just kept staring at us. He just kept staring. He just didn't stop. And finally he spoke up. He said, y'all put conviction all over me. Because I missed church today to go to the game. We didn't. Because when we call him, we want him to come. Amen. We want to know he don't have an option. Right, right, right. There are no options. Yeah. There, faith has no options. It's just the plan 
and that's it. And when you live a lifestyle of lack of commitment to God, you think that's how he's going to treat you in a trial, and that's how people get in unbelief. The Bible said Enoch had so much faith, he forgot to die. He just forgot about dying because there's no death in God. And he hung around God so much that life got so much in him that God forgot to leave him here. And they just walked off in the glory together. You ever seen a Jungle Book, Baloo the Bear? And he walks off the scene with somebody. I don't know if it is a rabbit or something. They just walk off the scene together. What do you think the rapture is? We just walk out of here. We're God. We're out. Oh, Abraham saw him as a figure. Abraham saw God standing with him. Abraham saw his son. What are you seeing? I'm looking for somebody that can see that a small seed can become a mighty tree. And where there has been a little, there's a lot. And in our checkbook, there's abundance and no lack. And even though the ground is hard, you don't lose one minute of sleep. You know that everything God said is coming to pass. Millions on this congregation. This house is a house of healing.